Welcome back to Support Travel Radio. Sean Sinclair here, and today we have a very cool featured interview with LPGA professional golfer Jillian Hollis. In 2019, Jillian was fifth in the Symmetra Money, had six top tens, two victories. She is a three-time All-American, three-time All-SEC, and three-time SEC Academic Honor Roll. So from academics to athletics, this girl has it figured out and is a great role model for young athletes out there. We really get into her upbringing and her story and how she made it to where she is today. We're even joined by Jillian's mother, who was also a professional golfer, and gives some great insight and tips for parents out there on how to parent a young athlete and coach and guide them along to to becoming a professional. And we even talk about why she thinks Jillian quitting golf at a young age was probably the best thing to ever happen to her. So listen, we hope you guys enjoy. Let us know what you think. We are back here with another Coaches Commute episode, and today's a very exciting episode. We are talking with Jillian Hollis, Symmetra Tour player, LPGA, just qualified, and uh, just all-around golf extraordinaire. And, you know, we're we're really going to talk a lot about kind of your upbringing, and we're hopefully going to provide some great value for for all of the the coaches and the parents and and the young golfers out there, or any athlete really in in any sport, aspiring to move on to that next level. So that might be high school for some of you listening, or, you know, college, university, or kind of making a pro and starting to make some some real money off of your, your sport career here. And for the first time on this podcast, we are now here with uh, our colleague, Al Morgan. Al, say hi. How's everybody doing today? Good. So, Good. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, you know, Al, uh, you know, has worked and met Jillian before. And I'll kind of let you introduce her sure. a little bit more and just talk about your relationship and just kind of uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, it's great to be on board, Jillian. Great to see you again. Good to see uh, you guys as well. You have a fantastic story, which I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of uh, insight into. Um, we'll we'll t- dig into it a bit deeper. But generally speaking, uh, about five years ago, we met for the first time. Uh, I was working at uh, a local hotel here in London, uh, Ivy Spencer Leadership Center. And you happened to show up in our lobby one day with a big bag of golf clubs and uh, your mother. And it happened to be the LPGA Canadian Open Women's Championship weekend that was being held uh, in, our, in our city. And it kind of ju- jumped out at me a little bit that this was uh, a little bit of an unusual situation. We weren't uh, necessarily getting a lot of the players come in. And I think I ended up helping you carry your bag up to your room, if I can remember correctly. I think you did, yes. And you were so nice to me when I was just a lowly high school golfer. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, as part of my hospitality training, being a hotelier, I asked some questions on the way up to try and pass the time away and found out that you were a qualifier for the LPGA Canadian Open at that time, 2014, and I got into a discussion about it. And we happened to run into each other a couple more times during the week. Uh, I was uh, cognizant of the fact that you actually did qualify, made it to the Thursday, Friday. And uh, I know your dad rushed up from Ohio when he found out you made it for the, uh, the actual Thursday, Friday component when I ended up meeting him as well as your mother and your wonderful family. And in the world of social media that we live in today, I instantly thought, well, you know what? I will follow you and see what happens with your career. And I've been following you all along, along with 
hundreds and thousands of other people, it seems like, that seem to be following along in social media nowadays and have found out that you've gone through college at Georgia and you've gone into the semester tour and you've now qualified for the LPGA. So we reached out to you because I thought this was a perfect environment to talk to somebody who's been through it all. You've been through the youth uh, athletics, you've had supportive family helping you throughout and, and obviously stepping into the LPGA this year, uh, you've kind of hit your dream. So we wanted to talk about that a little bit further and we appreciate the time you've taken to help us with that. So we're looking forward to the next uh, half an hour, 45 minutes to dig into a little bit of how you've become who you are and so successful and maybe you can pass on some tidbits of information to those you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old girls out there that are just starting up and they're looking up at uh, you as an athlete and other ladies that are playing in the LPGA as heroes. So uh, we look forward to the chance. So thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Of course. I'm really excited to get into it. Good. So I just want to kind of give everybody listening in a little bit of a rundown as to your career so far, your, your long, long career of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so many years, it seems like. I'm waiting for that first time to see back when I was young, this happened to me. I'm going to look forward to that. Um, so you were on the symmetric tour this year. Um, yes, I had my that. first full year on the symmetric tour this year. Excellent. We'll talk about that a little bit later on because that'll have some stories, I'm sure. Uh, you had six top tens. You had two victories. Uh, you were fifth on the symmetric money list. And that was your first... Was it the first full season or did you play a yeah, little bit? first last full, year? Season. full season. Um, I played a little bit last fall after I finished um, college at Georgia, uh, but not enough. I played about eight tournaments and we had like 23 tournaments this year. So excellent. a bit of a change is a yeah. big difference, all the traveling and everything. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to chatting a little bit more about that because that must have been quite a transformation. So uh, three-time All-American and also an academic scholar so excellent work at uh, georgia we're going to dig into that georgia scenario hard work paying off that's for sure yeah. <laughs> trying to do the most <laughs> we're both very jealous of athletes and smart people here so <laughs> we are both only allowed one or the other so that's it yeah, that's and, all we get and we'll let you gauge which one is which in a later on <laughs> um, so i guess the first thing i want to talk to you a little bit about is, is about your youth uh, your early start. Um, your family is a fascinating story to hear about. I look forward to talking about that. But I, I really want to know, first of all, what is your first memory of playing golf? What, what, what was that like? What, what got you steering in that direction? So I had to think about that a little bit. Um, I have a lot of memories of when I was younger, just going out and playing at Elyria Country Club, the club where my grandfather actually grew up playing and my mom grew up playing. And I ended up playing there as well um so i remember going out at a really young age just putting or riding in the golf cart with them but my the things that stick to me the most are because i'm a very competitive person and everyone in my family is as well so like for the first time out driving my mom on the first hole at Elyria. Like that was that was so exciting for me or my first par that i had on one of the par threes there um, things like that really stick out to me, but really just all the hours that my mom and dad, my, my grandpa and my siblings, uh, the time that we really spent out there just practicing and having fun and kind of building that foundation of uh, a love for golf with me. So fun was a big part of it. Definitely. 
Can you talk a little bit about how maybe your your mom, who's an obvious person that guided you a lot through all this, maybe give us a little bit of your background of your mother, your grandfather, even your dad, what, what did they all bring to the table that kind of help you become the person you are today, both as a person, as a scholar, and as an athlete? Uh, definitely. I mean, my family has such a huge like has had such a huge impact on my golf and just shaping me into the person that I am today. Um, my mom never pushed me to play golf. I, I grew up playing with her and she tried to get my younger brother and sister to play as well. And they did a little bit, but didn't really stick with it. Like I did. I had just such a love for it and a, a love for going out and playing with my mom or playing. Like it was family time for us. So it was something really, um, fun for us to do and my grandpa was an amazing golfer amazing amateur golfer I think he shot his age when he was 64 so he was a great golfer but um passed away when I was about 11 or 12 so he didn't get to see me at at uh this stage of my golfing career but I always say my mom always says that he's a part of my golfing angel uh crew that walks with me at all my tournaments so that really um makes me makes me happy to think about that uh that he's always with me and guiding me but um they have had such an impact I, when I was 12 I didn't want to play golf anymore I just wanted to go to the pool and I wanted to spend time with my friends and my mom didn't didn't want to push me she didn't want to drive me away from the love for the game that I had and eventually she signed me up for some tournaments with the with the boys in, in the fall and I started beating up on the boys and thought oh this is actually really fun so I found my way back to golf and back to loving it so um I think that was so important because I really I found my love for the game and wanted to go out and practice and wanted to go out and be better and since I was 12 I had you know, I missed that big year of getting better and, and playing uh, against the girls at my level, um, my age group. So I had to play catch up for a while. So I practiced harder and I uh, practiced longer and smarter. And it seemed like every year I got exponentially better. And I've just kind of taken that drive that I have had since I was young and continued with that. Yeah, so I, I want to circle back on, you know, you talked a little bit about your mom and, you know, how it was always fun and she let you take that year off. But I think one of the important parts that we're, we haven't really talked about is that she was a professional as well. Yes. <laughs> so that's a very different dynamic, right? So Definitely. You know, it sounds like she was doing all the right things, but, you know, we often hear stories about, you know, professional athletes and their kids and, you know, always being you know, at the gym, you know, on the course, you know, whatever sport that may be. And they know what it took to get to that high level. And it's, you know, like you talked about those longer practice hours and all the, the hard work and dedication. So do you think that was tough? Was it a tough conversation to have with her saying, hey, I don't want to play, you know, anymore, what it felt like probably forever when you were 12. But, you know, was it, do you think that was tough on her part to say, okay, and just kind of let it be and see what happens? I mean, now looking back at it, that was 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh, it may have been a little harsh. But I was 12. I was like, I just want to go to the pool. I saw what all my friends were doing. And I mean, in Ohio, like, there are a lot of people that golf here, but not as many as there might be in Florida or in Georgia or somewhere where there's a warm climate all year long. You think, okay, you play golf in the summer and you play your other sports. Um, it's hard to play indoors here, uh, like up here, unless you're traveling to go play in tournaments, which 
at 10 and 11 and 12 years old, you're not traveling a bunch in the winter time to go play in tournaments at that, at that point, I wasn't, um, you see that a lot more nowadays, but I think the biggest thing is that with the experience she had and, um, she helped me to practice smarter and helped me to always, always work on my short game and, um, gave me tips and gave me drills and was always there to, to help me when I think she helped me the most mentally because she had been through it all and always supportive and kind and okay, how can, you know, if I was sad, if I shot a bad score, she's like, okay, well, how, how can you get better? You know? So I, I never, I never gave up on myself. Um, thanks to her. Um, and I, I think the other reason she didn't want to push me is because she did see the cases where parents had pushed their kids that were, you know, my mom's age when she was playing, they, their parents, her friend's parents had pushed them and they had hated the game and not, not wanted to continue on with it or, you know, just played it because they were good at it or they just didn't enjoy it. So I enjoy what I do and I enjoy that every day. So it, it makes practicing really fun for me and makes this something that um, I'm really, I'm really happy doing. I'm happy to go out next year and travel for 30 weeks out of the year. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited. I really am. I think it's a great story to tell because I, I coach, I just coached 12 year old boys in soccer last summer. And, you know, they're at that age. And I imagine you were when you were golfing where that was kind of the breakthrough age of whether you're going to be moving on and really excelling or whether you're going to take a back seat. So it's really, I think it's a big story to tell on your case that you can take a year off. You can kind of step back, you can get your head kind of where you want it to be. And I mean, you're 12. <laughs> you got to do that all the time. And there's so much pressure on young athletes nowadays. And we have great discussions about, you know, one sport athletes, they have to do it year round. And then and the kids just burn out. And so I think it's really valuable, the message of, you know, it's okay to step back as a young athlete and just kind of get your head around not only sports, but everything else weird that's going on in your life at that time too, because it's tough. Exactly. And college coaches are trying to get commits and, people to sign at really young ages. I mean, they're recruiting in seventh and eighth grade now. And it's, you know, you commit when you're a freshman or a sophomore. And I committed actually pretty late back when I played, but my dream was always to go play in the South at a Southern school um, in the warm. And I, I, I didn't get those offers when I was a freshman or sophomore because I didn't play when I was 12 and I was playing catch up. And I eventually towards my, the end of, my high school career, um, it, it all worked out where I, I did reach my dream and got to play at Georgia. Now, your mom caddied for you. She did. A number of years, right up till last year? She, did she caddy with you on the she, yeah, Well, she caddied on and off. Um, and, yes, she caddied for me pretty frequently until last year. And then this year I did a lot of it on my own. Uh, and then she caddied for me at our tour championship this year, so the last tournament. Like, this is the like? last tournament you're ever going to be able to caddy for me. <laughs> she can push the cart. And, you know, carrying the bag is kind of hard for her. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It was so nice. It's it's. We always make uh, like fun, have fun on the golf course because you know it's all business. But you're out there for five hours, I and mean, it takes us five hours to play. It's it's not fast, and 
you have to have other things to think about. You have to have like someone to take your mind if you're playing really well. Okay, someone needs to take your mind off of what you're doing so you don't, you know, get super consumed in what you're shooting and what your score is. So at least that's how I am. I need somebody to um, kind of talk to me about anything else. Uh, and a just little bit about your rally earring story. Oh, yeah. So um, for the Women's Western, so this is, I was in I was in school at this time, so it had to have been my sophomore year of college summer. Um, I was playing in the women's western, and it was uh, actually in Ohio at uh, Dayton Country Club. I want to I want to say, um, but I was I was caddying for myself. I played. We had like a two day qualifier, and I was right in the bubble after the first day, and then after the second day, I was a couple over through the front nine. And my mom showed up like, can you caddy for me? Like, I just, I need, I need help. I need to, I don't know what, I wasn't playing my game. I was in my head. And so we get on the ninth hole and she, we, we both had earrings on and she's like, okay, rally cap. Like, you know, when you flip your hat around, I couldn't do that. Obviously <laughs> she was like, let's switch earrings. So we switched earrings and then I ended up shooting like three or four under on the back nine and making the cut. And, actually ended up winning the tournament um, several days later. But I, from that tournament, I distinctly remember on the last hole, this is like my most vivid memory of that tournament. On the last hole, my last match, I was one up uh, going into the last hole after 35 holes. And I blasted my drive down the fairway, hit it so far, hit it through the fairway. And I had to hit it over, I had like maybe 130 or 140 to the green over this little tree. And we get up there and I'm like, mom, do you think I can get it over that tree with my wedge? Like, I don't know. And she's like, she looks at me and like in a, a beat after she goes, I could get it over the tree with my wedge. Just hit it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I hit it like two feet from the pin. And <laughs> I know. Yeah. So that was a pretty funny memory that I have of her caddying for me. That's pretty much how our caddying. You had a tournament where you actually beat her. I did, yes. Um, Back over the next day. Oh, it was great. I mean, like, there was this um, this tournament that we had. It was like a the Cleveland Championship that we had, uh, and she had played in it a number of years when she was younger, um, before college and everything. And there weren't any college players playing in it, and it was at Elyria Country Club, the club that we grew up at this past year. I'm like, Mom, you have to play in it. She's like, no, I haven't played. I haven't practiced at all. I'm watching. I'm, I'm just focused on helping you. Like, I'm not playing in it. Said, okay, well, I'm about to go off to college. So I think you should play it and I should come watch or something. She's like, no, I'm not going to go play in it. Uh, and I said, if I play in it, will you play in it? And she's like, maybe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So we both play in it and we have like the qualifying days the the you have to shoot to get into your bracket. So we finished like one and two and didn't, didn't play each other and played our matches and had made it to the final match the last day and um, ended up playing each other. Wow. And my mom's like, I don't know the night before she's like, man, I don't know if I can, I can play 36 holes. Like, I don't know if I can do it. It's, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm like, don't worry, mom. You're, you're only going to have to play 18 holes. <laughs> Beat you on 19. 
So that made her pretty mad. And she, we're like, we love to spar like that and just kind of jokingly. Um, yeah, you, if you had enough earring story at that time, you could have said, well, mom, I can six holes. <laughs> well, her whole claim to fame was like, after 18, my dad showed up and he's like, how are you playing? Like, how are you doing? And she's like, well, the good news is I, sh I shot 74. The bad news is I'm eight down. <laughs> <laughs> so after 18, she was eight down and then ended up like losing eight down. So she didn't let me win a hole after that. So it was pretty fun. We had a good, we had a good second nine, 18 after her nerves all calmed down. <laughs> you talked a little bit about the weather. And obviously you're, you're from just outside of Cleveland, kind of right on the lake. Right on the lake. And obviously, Sean and I are in an environment where we don't have golf year-round either. Um, how, did, how did that help you or hinder you from becoming what you are today? Did, I, I assume it must have helped you because you're doing so well, but um, you know, how did you get through that with, you know, it's tough for a Northern Ohioan to you know, be successful in golf just because of the weather. Yes, definitely. Um, it was definitely at the time didn't see like seem like a blessing. I was always like, oh God, it's snowing or oh, it's freezing. It's 40 degrees and raining. Um, but now it's definitely a blessing because I can play in any conditions. I would go out to the driving range and they had the heated bays, but it, you know, when the wind's blowing and it's 25 degrees, you're like, okay, this is this is brutal. And that, I mean, that was why I had made it such a goal to get better and to go play at a Southern school because I was like, I don't, I have done this for so long that I, I really want to play all year round, but it, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. I mean, I learned how to tough it out and play in the cold conditions and play in the freezing rain. Actually, we actually had to play a tournament where it snowed. I mean, eventually after eight holes, they called it, but like, I never had a bad attitude about the weather because I had played in it. And so now every time it's windy or it's rainy, I'm like, Oh my gosh, great. This is an advantage for me because I can shoot even par or under par with this bad weather. Whereas other girls might be like, Oh, the weather's so bad. And so if, if you do grow up in the South, I, you know, encourage, I encourage, you just step out of your comfort zone and try to get practice in those harsh conditions. And it, you know, it was hard in the winter time when it was snowing or raining and I, I didn't want to go outside and didn't want to practice, but I made myself because I'm like, this is going to make you better. Even 10 minutes of it, your hands freeze and uh, you can't practice anymore. At least you got that. I had that mental edge. I really feel that I could play in anything. Yeah, I think that's a super important, you know, point is, you know, there's so many people out there who think they can't succeed because of, you know, these different reasons or factors or their environment. And, you know, you can listen to stories like this and just say like, hey, you can do it. You don't have to live in the South. And, you know, all these things are going to make you better, uh, but don't lean on those as excuses, really. Definitely. Good. Well, I, I'd love to hear about how you ended up in London, Ontario, back in 2018. <laughs> um, as I said, it was a pleasure meeting your family. But how did you end up trying? Like, again, it was five years ago. Um, teenager decides, yeah, I'm going to check this out. Like, walk me through the process as to how you, you came to that decision and, and how you ended up checking into my hotel. Well, so like you said, I'm just outside of Cleveland, I'm actually so far north that I'm only two hours from Canada. I'd yeah. be an hour ferry ride 
if I could go right across Lake Erie. Um, but we're, I was so close and my mom saw that there was a tournament, like there was the Canadian Open um, close-ish to home. And I uh, thought, why not just go for the practice and to get out of your comfort zone and go play against the pros and try to Monday qualify for this and end up playing well on, on that Monday and played with, I remember uh, Emma Jandell and I got out of the Monday qualifier and I think she had just come out of Ohio state and had a great career at Ohio state. So I was like, Oh wow, this is so cool. Like it was all new to me and just remember those, um, those little things. And it was such a great experience in playing in front of that many people. I had never been more nervous because there are so many people. So like after that playing in my tournaments, I wasn't as nervous and just because I had that exposure and that experience. Um, and I actually met my, my putting coach, uh, Gareth Rafluski, who I now have worked with for six, seven years. Um, so we've kept that relationship and my mom saw him. She really, she really liked what he was doing on the putting green with all these girls that he had. And I introduced myself to him and uh, went up and worked with him. And it's been great ever since then. He's amazing. And uh, the, the most um, distinct thing I remember though is being on the putting green one night, it was probably like five or 6 PM and there weren't a lot of people out. Um, and I was just putting and uh, Jane Marie Green was out there putting and practicing. And I just remember her coming up to me and was like, hi, I'm Jay. It's nice to meet you. And I'm, I'm looking at her with stars in my eyes like, are you talking to me? And she's like, you want to have a putting contest? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. So nervous. But... And now we've kept in touch and I, I saw her at the marathon last year. So it was great to see her, but I'll always remember that and how, how that made me feel like my first professional event ever. And a touring professional came up to me and was like, do you want to have a putting contest? So I'll just always remember how nice she was to me. And now if I'm playing in a tournament and some high school girl or 14 or 15 year old girl Monday qualifies for the tournament I'm going to try to go out of my way to be nice to her just because that's I think what woman you know supporting woman is especially in this day and age um and it just it goes so, so far and it went so far for me and for me to still remember that like I'll always have that to remember from the Canadian Open what did your parents do to help you get ready for that experience I think they were just so happy for me. They were like, I, I, I really just, uh, I practiced a lot and worked really hard for the Monday qualifier. And when I qualified, you know, was, I was, I had, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't call it nervous. I was, I was excited. Um, but it, it, you know, you get nervous and excitement mixed up a little bit, but my mom was always there to just tell me like, you earned this, you know, just go out and have fun. This is all experience. And she was so right. It was a, a great experience. And, and I'm really glad I got to do that. And it'll be really cool to go back this year and play. Um, so, you know, just those words of encouragement were so great. And having my dad there to watch me is, is so awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I do know you finished. Oh, speaking of mom, of my mom just walked in. <laughs> You'd like her to join now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, Hi. <laughs> It's also her birthday today. So oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> Hi. How are you? We were just good, talking so many good things about you, and you're, you're oh. perfect time to come in. So. Wow. You've done really well over the last five years. I'll tell you, when I met you the first time here in London, and uh, you seemed like you were a couple go-getters, and uh, you've certainly proven that. I guess your caddying helped out your daughter. Yeah, I hope I did a little bit of something for her. <laughs> I think the words, the words of encouragement have really helped the most. Good. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear from you, Sharon, as far as, uh, you know, your philosophy, watching your young daughter grow up into an LPGA player. Uh, sounds like you were a very uh, silent leader when it came to letting her kind of figure things out a little bit on her own, but you being there to be supportive. Can you just kind of Give us an idea as to what your what your mindset was as to you know how, how you wanted to deal with uh, Jillian getting into the same type of career that you were successful at. Well, I think that has a lot to do with it. My my success and the fact that I did it, I, I went through everything she had gone through. And my goal when she was younger, when she first started to take a, an interest in golf, was that I just wanted her to love it. And so um, you know, a lot of I think a lot of my peers not that I weren't golfers didn't understand that, you know, they were in the mentality more of, you know, push your kid and, you know, get there. And I was always, I had seen so many people either burn out or even my teammates in college that burned out from playing too much or having their uh, fathers push them too hard. I never wanted to see that happen to her and my father never pushed me. So, and I ended up loving the game and I just wanted her to love the game. So I didn't really care if she made it into what she's doing now or if she just ended up loving golf so that we'd have that to do for the rest of our life. And um, it, it just worked out that way. So when we first, when I first started caddying for her, we started, I started caddying for her in the U.S. Uh, kids tournament. <laughs> yeah, when I was like 10 and 11. So that's when we started traveling. We started traveling through the mountains and down to North Carolina and, uh, it was a lot of fun and I just thought that's what a fun thing to do with your kids and then to have her love it the way she ended up loving it was just a bonus but um we had some interesting times I mean there was a time when she was 12 where she decided she didn't like it anymore that's a and about earlier. I just said okay go swim go go to the pool go play with your friends and we'll see what happens and the whole time I thought oh no because she was so good I thought, oh god how do I get her back and so I knew she loved playing with boys, and so I let her do her thing all summer, and then in the fall, I found some um, tournaments that were only boy tournaments, oh. and, and so when she was 12, I signed her up for these tournaments. She was the only girl, and she, every time she'd come back from these tournaments, she was like, oh, it's the greatest thing I ever did. Oh my gosh, I loved it, and then by the end of that fall, she's like, oh, I love, I love golf again. Can we sign up for some stuff next year, <laughs> and that's kind of what it took, but it took her to kind of realize that you know, she had to realize it on her own. And then ever since then, she's gone full force, loved it. And I just kind of hang out and I did my thing with her. You know, I, I helped her I, as much as I could, you know, I taught golf for 20 years and um, right when she started playing a lot is uh, I had a driving reindeer that I was the golf director. And um, right when she started to play a lot of golf and had to travel a lot, is when I was, when they were bulldozing my range and turning it into a Lowe's and a JC Penney's. Oh. When that happened, it kind of forced me into retirement and which was like a perfect time. So that's when I kind of took over and just, you know, followed her and helped her and kind of just mentored her and let her kind of do her thing though. Yeah, so, yeah. it sounds like you were 
okay with the fact that she may, you know, have, have stopped golf altogether and maybe turned it into just a fun thing that you guys both did, you know, uh, casually and not a, as a career. Because I think, you know, we hear tons of stories about these parents who do push them too hard and they flame out at, you know, 14, 15, 16, or, you know, first year of college and they don't make their team or something after being a, you know, heavily recruited athlete because they just don't love it anymore. Um, you know, right. were you okay with that? If at 12, that was just, you know, not Jillian's thing and she just moved on to something else. Well, I was hoping that it was gonna, I just didn't know how good she was. So I thought, well, we'll just have to see what happens. But it was really her call if she really didn't want to do it. I had two other kids. I have one that's very talented as well. And he was like, no, I like, I like lacrosse and basketball. And he was more of a team, a team player, you know, and he didn't like doing that by yourself, going to the driving range kind of thing. But he was the same way though. He had a lot of talent and I just had to be okay with that and just hope that someday he'll love it. And, you know, he, and he does, he likes, he'll come home and play with me, which is great. But, um, with, uh, Jillian, um, you know, I, I think I, I'm, I was really happy that she kind of picked it back up and it's been a lot of fun and definitely, um, there is a, there is a, a threshold where you have to just back off and just kind of let her, let them do their things. But you also, as a parent know that, um, they're going to, you can kind of see what, where it's going. So sometimes I would have to kind of redirect her kind of quietly, kind of in the background where she didn't know I was redirecting <laughs> her, but I had to kind of redirect her into the right way because she would go off on her little tangent. And I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to go down that way, go this way. And so that's kind of what, where I kind of stepped in when I needed to. And even when I know, knew that because we're mother and daughter, because we play a lot of golf together and even we play tournaments together um, at, at one point she had to find her own coach. And I helped in that regard as well. And that, that worked out great too, where I kind of like gave, I, she needed to find somebody that was hers. And so she did. And it's been the greatest. And then I don't know if you, we've talked about Gareth, which he's the greatest guy ever. I just love him. And <laughs> Gareth Rafluski, who's up there, we met him at the Canadian open and yeah, I fell in love with him. <laughs> I literally called him up one night and said, Gareth, we're only five hours away. Can we come see you? And so when she was 14 years old, that's where we started with Gareth. And it's been the greatest thing we've ever done because he's just wonderful. You ought to have that support group with you. Yeah. That's kind of her team now. We've like, we're trying to just build up that nice team that's kind of behind her and supporting her. Do you have any advice, Sharon, for other parents? Obviously you, you and your husband did a great job with Jillian, but you also, as you said, have a couple other kids that You've got to juggle your lives to make sure that everybody's kind of getting their fair share. Any advice to the parents that might be listening in as to how to, how to, how to stay involved with everybody? You know, Jillian obviously has a career path that's kind of skyrocketed here, but you, you got to keep everybody kind of feet on the ground while reaching for the stars. Right. A lot of feet on the ground in this house. So we, uh, we just, we kept everyone as an individual. So, you know, she did her thing, but, you know, it wasn't any more important than my son's basketball or my daughter's tennis or, you know, whatever level they were at, we were, we all of their games. It's been a lot of juggling, especially when she traveled, but um, one of us always went. It was never both of us. So one of us stayed here and managed the other two. One of us went with her. And that's really, if you're going to do that, you kind of have to. And Or she went by herself. And a couple times she would go by herself. And when she got old enough, 
she did it all and now she does it all by herself I was like, I get to go by myself and stay with my, some yeah. of the AJGA tournaments, like the invitationals, they'll put you in a, they'll put all the girls or the guys in a hotel and you get a roommate. So that's actually how I met one of my best friends, um, Lauren Stevenson. She's on the LPGA right now. And she's like, I can't wait for you to get out here so we can travel together again. Um, so that was, that was a really big step. Like when I was maybe a junior in high school, I was going all the way out to Arizona and playing in the AJGA Invitational, um, the Thunderbird Invitational that they hosted. And that was like really cool. Yeah. Did that feel any different now that you were heading out, you know, without, without mom or without anyone, this is, this is me and this is you know, kind of my career path here. Did that feel any different in those tournaments? Um, it was so fun at the time because we were just playing and we had made it to the tournament. We had gotten invited to the tournament that I think we just had such a great time with it. And it was a new experience, but obviously you're like, okay, I miss my mom or I miss my dad. And, and then you go, like I went on the Symmetra tour this year and you know, you, you play all your tournaments and I, I was traveling a lot by myself and I was like, this is great. Cause I'm an adult now and I can travel by myself. But, and then I was like halfway through the year, I was like, okay, I miss my mom and dad. Like I'm excited to go home or they, I want them to come to a tournament with me. Um, so I'm sure the same will happen next year as well. I'll be excited to go out and do all these things, but eventually, you know, it's nice to have your parents with you to do, do all your things for you. So you yeah. can just golf, <laughs> do everything else. And she wants to be a big adult, but sometimes it's like, whoa, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. I mean, every step that I've taken, it's just, like I said, that experience and like letting your kids go off and do their own thing and experience, like, I got to experience my sport thanks to my mom and dad at such a high level. And then I got to go fall in love with it on my own. So I think that was the most important thing for me to really love this game and to love what I'm doing. And, you know, at every level, I feel like you guys have allowed me to do that. And um, it's, it's just been so great. And we've had a lot of fun. I mean, since she was even 16, we've always, everywhere we've gone, we've made it, or I mean, when we travel together, it's been fun. Like I'll even, she gets sometimes would get so, I got to go practice. I got to do this. I'm like, oh no, we're going to go do something else. And we would go to the beach or we would go out and we would just do something. So that we get our aspect of it. Yeah. We were just talking the other day about um, going up to, to London and, remember when I went and saw Gareth and we stayed at the Ivy Spencer and this was after the Canadian Open we like went back up because we had such a great time there and staying at Ivy. She was 18. Yeah and so we like would go out in the town the one night and had dinner at all these nice places and got to see Gareth. So we made a great time out of it. Like, we should do that again this, this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. I might have a name for you. <laughs> Pardon? Let me know. I might have an in for you. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> we'll have lots of friends that I am in touch with there. So great. So uh, Georgia, you made a decision to go to Georgia. How was the family involved in that discussion, that recruiting process? Yeah. Uh, how did um, you end up doing, uh, making that choice? Um, well, I had actually um, was planning on going to Michigan. You know, I had all set in stone that I was 
Gonna go play golf at Michigan. My Somebody from Ohio allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of grief yeah, for especially that. Especially when I went to Ohio State. <laughs> so um, my junior year, I decided to play golf at Michigan. That was one of the years that we had the horrible winter, and it was like negative ten degrees for a week and a half, and I had to go practice for a tournament. And it's February, and I have to go play in March, and I was having such a hard time with it. And we went on spring break. Um, we always go down and visit, uh, my aunt and uncle, they live in Sea Island and their cousins, which are around our age. Um, and we go spend time down there and it's like 70, 80 degrees. Sea Island, Georgia, um, is what I'm talking about. And while I was down there, um, I had actually like considered Georgia and they had a spot open up on the team and I was, you know, just, I had set on Michigan and but then I was like, I'm never going to know unless I at least go see it. And my mom really wanted me to at least go look at the school. And um, that's know. one of my foresight. That was one of my looking into the future times in my life with her where I said, you know, Michigan's the greatest place ever. And I mean, the whole situation was the greatest. It was a great coach there. It was a great facilities. And then when the, when the Georgia thing popped up, it was just a, almost like an intervention from God in a way, but I at least wanted to go see it and to have that. I never wanted to have it in the back of my head. So we took the like 12 hour drive down to Athens, Georgia and ran over a bear in the middle of the road. (laughs) We went, yeah, we went through, you know, uh, yeah, their country getting <laughs> down there. Wasn't a uh, bulldog, or else that would have been a really bad omen. <laughs> um, but I, you know, we got to the golf course and I stepped out of the car and I was like, "This is what it's supposed to be like. This is home." And I just knew from there. I had that feeling of like, "This is where I want to go." And I looked all around the campus and you know made the decision to go there. Um, and it was the best decision I ever made. I was played on the golf team there for three years and then turned pro my fourth year and played on the Symmetra tour and finished school. I was doing that. It took, you know, still 24 hours, credit hours that year um, and graduated actually this past May, 2019. So with your class. Yeah, with my class. So that was a big accomplishment for me um, in finishing school and everything. I think that's super important. So Sharon, what are you more proud of, the golfing or the education? Three point no, five. I'm, I'm very, very even on that because she graduated <laughs> cum laude from Georgia with a journalism and communications degree. So, I mean, just to do that yeah. and play as much golf as she's played. I mean, we're so proud. Like my husband and I are just so proud of the fact that she was able to do that. And that kind of sets her up for later in life. You know, she'll have that. She'll always have that. She's a great communicator she she used to write a blog for golf week so she's a great writer so she'll always have that um when she's done with golf and you know a lot of people can't say that and uh i think it's a great thing that she was able to finish school that was one of our big things education's a huge thing with us but also you know and keep at the level she stayed playing golf i mean it's great and so now she has that in her back pocket she can put that away for a while and go play golf have a great time and not worry about it. Just now I'm playing just golf. playing golf. I'm like, yeah. what do I do in my spare time? I don't have to go study for six hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a huge challenge too, though, for uh, for you know student athletes who do graduate, and now we got to you know find something to fill that time. 
And, you know, to me, it seems like, you know, you have this, you know, great support system and you've always kind of had that fun aspect and kind of getting out of your own head. And, you know, I think that's probably a very important part of it is that, you know, you are going to focus on golf and, you know, play a full season and more tournaments, but I think you're still able to kind of turn it off and be yourself and live your life out off the course as well. Definitely. So now the big step was Georgia to Symmetra. Um, did really well there, made the jump, got qualified for the LPGA. So that's got to just got you on cloud nine right now. Um, what, what's, what advice has your mom given you that's going to help you get uh, ready to play against all these uh, older athletes, more experienced athletes? They've been there, done that. Uh, what psychologically um, are you doing to try and keep your, your, your even keel so you can go in there and just be yourself? I mean, it's just, it's like, it's golf, you know, you're not playing against anybody else. You're playing against you and the golf course and mostly your mind, you know, you gotta keep your mind in check, but you know, because I shoot 65, I can't prevent somebody else from shooting 64. Like I don't have any say, it's not like tennis where I can hit a great shot and they can't return it. Um, so that, that's really what I love about golf is that it's all like individual and you're accountable for yourself. Um, and really the transition from college golf to the Symmetra was just the travel mostly. And, you know, all the place, different places we went and the long drive, like the seven hour drives in between tournaments. And, you know, that was the biggest transition is learning how to do that for a full year. And now I think an even bigger transition is going to be from Symmetra to LPGA. And I'm not going to be driving, which will be nice, but I'll be taking like 14 hour flights instead. So learning how to manage that, manage the jet lag and all the other factors. I mean, the golf's going to be the golf and I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing and working on my game and not changing things because I think that a lot of rookies make that mistake as they get to this high level and think, oh, I need to change all these things because I'm playing against all these, you know, the top girls on the Symmetra tour could all play on the LPGA. I mean, it's that competitive at, at our level. We had the four of the top 10 girls won twice on the Symmetra tour this year and another girl won three times. So to even win once in the Symmetra tour is such a huge thing. Um, so there was definitely a very competitive class we had this year. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited for all this learning I'm going to get to do next year, just with how much I've learned this year about myself, about my game. And um, it's going to be so great. I'm really excited. One thing I always wondered about is how do you figure out how much you're going to play, where you're going to play? Have you mapped that out for the whole season or you just kind of do it in chunks? No, I haven't um, mapped it out yet. Uh, just depending on, we have a whole, we have two Asian swings that we um, go through and just depending on which, which of those tournaments I'll get into um, because it's all ranking based from last year, the one, in the spring. So if I can get invites to those tournaments, that'll be great, but kind of just planning the beginning of the year until then and figuring out, okay, if I get into those tournaments, where do I need to take my breaks? Yeah. Or if I don't get into those tournaments, you know, still, where do I need to take my breaks? Um, obviously play more if I don't get into those, but I, I learned a lot about what my body can handle this year and how many tournaments I can play in a row. And, uh, 
you know, going to the gym and doing all those things to make sure I stay healthy and everything um, for all the travel that I'm doing. So it'll be kind of uh, playing just because I haven't played in all these LPGA tournaments. So it'll be kind of playing it by year um, and a lot, planning a lot um, of it as well. So it'll be a good mix. What, what would have been an example of a week last year when you were in the Symmetra, you're playing in a tournament. How, can you walk us through, you know, just generally speaking, what a week would look like for a professional that's qualified for a tournament, trying to do well. There's more than just the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. So we'll have um, a lot of tournaments are three days just because we have to travel so far. And, you know, it's not, it, we do play for a, a great purses and we've played for a lot more this year and the purses keep increasing which is amazing for women's golf um but we obviously don't make as much as we do on the lpga where everyone can afford a plane ticket or everyone can find an airport close to where we play <laughs> like we go play in harris michigan we have to drive all the way down to cincinnati which is like 10 hours and you have to drive you have to either decide to drive all of Monday or half of Sunday and then the other half of Monday. So you have to find that travel day and that travel time. So we'll usually get to a tournament on a Sunday night or a Monday. Um, and I'll usually take Monday off if I'm traveling on, on that Monday. And then Tuesday we'll have like practice round practice. Then I'll, I'll, I've played in all the pro-ams this year um, just because it's a good thing if you play in the pro-ams because you're in the top 25 on the rankings. Um, but I, you know, played it, played in every one. So go to every pro-am party on a Tuesday night, which will last a couple hours. And then Wednesday we'll have the pro-am and then try to practice or play after and then Thursday another practice round day unless the tournament starts and then you play either four or three days um just depending upon the length of the tournament and you know practice those days go to the gym every day to do at least something warm up and warm down you guys I, I see my physical therapist a lot um on the road we have we're fortunate enough to have one that travels around with us so he's always there if you need anything um and I mean, every week's a little bit different, just depending on either your body or the weather. We had a lot of rain delays in the beginning of the year this year. So I think I had a tea time that was at 5.30. And we, they're like, just go play as many holes as you can because it rained all day. So we went and played as many holes as we could and then showed up the next day and played like 27 or 30 holes. So, I mean... And you can't you can't have a bad attitude about that, or else you're going to play bad, and that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. Yeah, it sounds like so. That's a long week for sure, and it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to like get in your own head, right, and kind of psych yourself out, almost, you know, based on who's coming or trying to qualify for the next one. All those different types of things that could happen, that could go right or could go wrong. Like, how did you stay focused? And you know, maybe a top tip or two that you kind of you know stayed on track and didn't let, you know, your thoughts spiral out of control. Yeah, I was always like, you know, when I did, and I remember calling my mom at a tournament, you know, I, I remember we had a really big, we had the biggest purse tournament of the year, and I had won a tournament 
um, earlier in the year and I was playing in this tournament and I was like, I'm so nervous because like anybody could play well in this tournament. And if you play well in this tournament, then you're going to be ranked in the top 10 or you're going to be ranked really You're going to be ranked higher after this tournament because it's worth so much more. And, um, my mom's advice for me was always just like, focus on yourself. Like you can't think about that. You can't think that far ahead. You have to just play your game. And I've always been a really consistent player. So I knew that I just, I knew in the beginning of this year when I, I had set those goals and I had my goals day to day and I had my goals um, for the end of the year and, you know, monthly, weekly, it's important to set those goals and really focus on those. And if it, if they work out right away, awesome. You know, you see that progress, but if they don't, you ha you can't freak out and panic. You have to just keep focusing on those goals um, and doing the things that, you know, are going to make you better. And my, my goal this year was to get incrementally better each day and each week and to learn something from every tournament. And, you know, having that in my head, I, I, I never really had time to think about all the other things. So I think to just focus on yourself and focus on making yourself better every single day, um, you know, in the end, it's going to work out great. Yeah, it's great. The last thing I have is just, if you were to have 10, 11, 12 year old girls there with you right now, and you could give them advice, having gone through everything you've gone through in your, in your career so far, what would that advice be to them? I would just say, have the most fun you can playing right now and to make practicing fun. I mean, I would say that, I would say that to the, to the parents is to try to make practice fun um, and just really enjoy yourself. And if you, if you really want to do this and play at a play on the LPGA or play at a super competitive level that I am to just try to get better every day, like work on one different thing a day that's going to make you better. Cause no 10, 11, 12 year old is, you can't compare yourself to somebody who's like built up a strong foundation in the golf game after all of these years. It's, you know, a lot of little kids, they have, you have social media now and 10, 11, 12 year olds are on it. And they, you might get discouraged if you see some girl hitting it like 280 yards. Like I don't hit it 280 yards. Uh, sometimes maybe I can get it out there, but that's not like my strong suit. I know I'm really good at putting. So you just have to have faith in what you're doing and that you're just, just try to get better every day. And if you, if you can focus on that and focus on yourself and to be happy doing it and, and happy for your friends when they do well too, you know, not try to beat your friends all the time and let them know that because you know, you're not going to have any friends. I mean, it's so great on the, on the Symmetra tour. We're all rooting for each other. Like you get done with your round and you go watch your friends play and you're rooting for them to play well. And, it, and I think that's so great because it's like, you're not going to root against them. You're, you know, you can't control what they're doing and they, you know, how you play is up to you, not up to them. Like you just, you want everyone at that competitive level because it just grows the game and it's, it's great for the game. And, um, a thing that really stuck with me when, you know, we had finished a, our last round of the tour championship this year and we had our little reception, um, 
the 10 of us who are graduating to LPGA, Mike Wan said, when you get on the tour next year, it's your tour. Like claim it as your own, you know, enjoy everything you're doing. This is your tour more than the same amount as it is anybody else's who's been out there for 10 years and try to leave the game better off for the next generation. You know, try to leave something and make some kind of impact. So that's going to be my goal for next year. And it's always been my goal to try to encourage the next generation to get into golf or get their friends into golf or to be that inspiration like Jay Maria Green was for me at the Canadian Open. Like, because that's going to stick with someone for a lifetime. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. I think we've, you know, kind of covered everything that, you know, we, we can put out there and, you know, really, like you said, just encourage the, the next generation, you know, you're just starting out, but, you know, we have all these, you know, young girls who are just, you know, putting in their backyard maybe, or, you know, following mom and dad out and playing with them or just sitting in the cart while they're playing that type of thing. So, you know, anything that we can do as well to, to kind of help grow the, the game for the next generation is just amazing. Exactly. Keep doing it. You know, don't think that something little every day is not helping. Like I said, going out in the snow and hitting balls for 10 minutes, like it helps so much. It goes such a long way because you remember that you just, all those little things, you gotta, you gotta build them up. You gotta build a great foundation. Um, so I'd encourage everybody to just, to just do it. Not don't think about it too much. Just go and do it. Let's go do it. That's great. Well, congratulations to you both. It's a family effort. It's very obvious that it's a family effort. Uh, you had great support throughout the whole process. Your parents, <laughs> your your schooling, Georgia provided support. Sounds like even Symmetra is helping you get into the next level. We're all excited to watch you as you continue your career. Well, uh, next you. time you come to London for some putting work. I'll call you. <laughs> we, need to work, we need to work on a ferry boat. I will not get it. Yeah, yeah. we talked about An that. hour. It'll be an hour. We only have to take <laughs> instead of five hours. Or a bridge. Just build a bridge. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but a little boat would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I certainly, it's great for me to catch up with both of you again. I could tell years ago when you were, I first met you that you were a, a great family and you really cared about each other and you were all heading in the right direction. So congratulations. Thank right. you. Nice Thank you very you. much for your time today. I appreciate it.